We give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your work of faith and labor of love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ, in the sight of God and our Father, knowing, brethren beloved, your election of God. For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost and in much assurance, as ye know what manner of men we were among you for your sake, and ye became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Ghost. Verse 7, so that ye were in samples to all that believe in Macedonia and Achaia. For from you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place your faith to God word is spread abroad, so that we need not to speak anything. For they themselves show of us what manner of entering in we had unto you, and how ye turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this morning. Thank you so much for the privilege we have to worship together and uh, for the privilege we have to uh, just uh, worship as brothers and sisters in Christ. Lord, we thank you uh, for the time that we had uh, during Sunday school um, to just uh, point people to you and show people what you've done there in, in Cusco. And Lord, we uh, just ask for this time uh, that your word would accomplish what you have for it as you have promised and that you would uh, be lifted up and your name would be honored and glorified. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So uh, today I want us to, to talk about the power of the gospel, but look at that through this an, an exemplary church that we see in the church at Thessalonica. Um, you know, this church was a, a very special church uh, for the Apostle Paul. And it was one that uh, he had a, a special place in his heart. Um, you know, we're not exactly sure how long Paul was in Thessalonica. Um, we know at least for three weekends he was there um, and possibly booted out after that, um, possibly at most, maybe two months, at most. Um, but what we see in this book is that in, in, if Paul was there for, for three weeks, which to me is just amazing thinking of it from a, a pastoral missionary perspective, like the amount that he was able to teach people um, in, in a short period of time. Because if you look at this book, you see that he got past what we might consider uh, fundamentals of the faith nowadays. And he was into deep waters with, in, in some things with them. And to, to be able to get where he got in just a short amount of time, um, I believe shows the, the heart that this church and these people had uh, to just learn um, what God had for them and, and, and what Paul was teaching them from God's Word. But, you know, you all probably know, but over at Acts 17 we see the start of uh, this church and Paul preaching uh, there. Uh, and this was an important city. So we're talking about a multicultural port city of, in Paul's day of probably 200,000 people. And uh, so being a big city and being a city where people came from, for trade from all over Rome, 
um, uh, there were the normal big city vices and evils that, that, uh, uh, that you would find. All manner of gods were worshipped as well. And so it's in the, in the heart of this environment uh, that the Lord worked through Paul and uh, this church was started. And, you know, through just in this first chapter, we see him mention being followers and in samples or examples. Um, and so Paul, uh, the church there was imitating, following, following Christ or following Paul as he followed Christ as well. And it, it's a testament to the change that the gospel can make, the change that God's word makes through his spirit working in us, um, not only in salvation, but then through his word to sanctify us and, and uh, to make us what we need to be as Christians. Uh, this church was an example in, uh, in this pattern that we're going to see today. Um, and I just want to talk about two things, basically, the, the transforming power of the gospel and the transcendent power of uh, the gospel. Charles Spurgeon said when, when talking about uh, the, the power of the gospel, he said, We have only to preach the living gospel and the whole of it to meet the whole of the evils of the times. Uh, the gospel, if it were fully received through the whole earth, would purge away all slavery and all war and put down all drunkenness and all social evils. In fact, you cannot conceive a moral curse which it would not remove and even physical evils, since many of them arise incidentally from sin, would be greatly mitigated and some of them forever abolished. So basically, if uh, once a gospel gets a hold of you, you're not the same. Once God works uh, and, and His transforming power works in us to save us, it changes us from the inside out. So, um, let's go back to verse number 5 and start out in verse number 5 and first see that this is a, it's a personal transformation. Verse 5 says, For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power. And I want you to notice there that the gospel came. So, Someone, Paul, specifically in this instance, yeah, the, uh, took the message to the Thessalonians, uh, to the people here, to this city. And uh, the gospel or the good news is personal. And that's, that's important because um, it's not a decision that your mom or dad make for you or that your grandparents make for you or, or a teacher makes for you. It's a decision that you, um, uh, it, that, it, that is personal. You know, there's the saying, God has no grandchildren. And, uh, you know, in, in, in Peru, in, in a, in a 88% uh, Catholic culture, it's very important. Uh, this point is very important because to know that the gospel is personal, that, that salvation is personal. 
it's not just about, well, uh, this is what my parents have done, this is what my grandparents have done, this is what my great-grandparents have done, and so this is what I'm going to do. No, it's about the gospel coming, arriving, as we see here. Uh, the gospel came. Uh, Paul says, it came not unto you in word only, but also in power. And as I said earlier, if you know Christ as your Savior today, you are a witness, a testimony, a testament of that transforming power of the gospel. Uh, I think for those of us that uh, have been saved for a while, or if you grew up in a Christian home, this is something that you can kind of take for granted because um, I know in my own life, I grew up in a Christian home. And yes, I did have to uh, put my faith and trust in Jesus. Um, uh, but I was saved at the age of 10. Um, and so in, in my own eyes, you know, I had never done anything horribly wrong. Um, yes, I, I realized I was a sinner. At that point, you know, I didn't really realize how much of a sinner I was. Um, but it, it's one of those things that you take for granted a lot of times when you're growing up in a Christian home. And I, I can remember as a teenager uh, when we'd be at church camp or we'd be at a, a conference and, and some other teenagers would get up and talk about what God had done in their lives and, and the change, or how God had brought them out of uh, maybe drugs or alcohol or other things. And I would think, wow, that's really cool. I do not have a testimony like that. Uh, you know, my testimony's boring. I was uh, in a Christian home. I was learning about uh, Moses and Noah and David and Elijah and, and, and the disciples uh, from the time I was old enough to listen. But either way, you have to be transformed. And that's, a, that's something that only God can do. Uh, and, you know, Romans tells us all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Uh, that's in Romans 3.23. Verse 10 says, There's none righteous, no, not one. There's none that understandeth. There's none that seeketh after God. Um, 1 Corinthians 5.17 tells us that we are a new creature. Now, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. So you, you see, we, we've all sinned. We've all come short. There, there's absolutely no way on our own we can get to God. And that's why... The gospel needs to be taken by those who have it, who who's it's been preached to, whose lives it has changed, uh, to give it to those who have never heard, so that their life as well can be transformed. And so this it, it's a it's a personal transformation uh, that uh, we see not only here but in each of our lives as well. You know. Over in Romans chapter 10, in verse 13, Paul says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And verse 14 says, How then shall they call on him, on him in whom they have not believed? And how say, shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. So, 
This morning, I just want to challenge you. If you're here today and you know Christ is your Savior, then you need to be one of those who is taking the gospel to those around you. Uh, you know, so many people get nervous when a missionary become, comes because they're like, well, he's going to tell us we need to go overseas or, 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 or give up everything and go far, far, far away. And, you know, that's, that's, that's not what it is. It's about being faithful wherever God's placed you and giving that gospel message that you've heard to those around you. All the places that you frequent on a daily basis, that's where God wants you to just give the gospel. So remember, it, it's personal. It was personal for you. It was personal for me. Someone had to preach the gospel or give the gospel to us. Someone gave that message to us. We need to give it to others. Now, here again, I believe we see that not only it's a personal transformation, but it's a spiritual transformation. Because it says, Our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost. Um, so, you know, I, I believe that's why we're called new creatures, as uh, 1 Corinthians 5, 17 uh, tells us we are. Our desires change. Our habits change. Our thoughts change. Our words change. Our attitudes change. Um, our actions change through the transforming power of God's Word and God's Spirit. Philippians 2.13 says, For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of His good pleasure. And so it's not a transformation that we can make on our own. It's something that God does through His Spirit, through His Word, working in us. And in our culture today, I believe, again, this is an important point because um, it's all about, we're all about a culture that pleases oneself personally, where you try to make yourself a better person. Uh, but if you are here and ever try to do that without Jesus, you know that it's never an eternal difference. It's never a lasting difference without Jesus in your life, without that transforming power of God's Word and God's Spirit. You can try to be a good person, morally good. You can try to uh, reform yourself in some way. But without the transforming power of the Gospel... There's no lasting transformation. There's no lasting change that takes place. And that's why it is so important for us to be giving the gospel to those around us. That's why things like you're having this week, this vacation Bible school. What a great way to reach out into your community, to reach children, to reach, eventually reach their parents, to advance God's kingdom through the gospel. Uh, here we see, again, in verse 5, you know, it's a personal transformation. It's a spiritual transformation. It, it changes everything about us, it, it, even intellectually. If you look uh, at the rest of this verse in verse 5, our gospel came not unto you in word only, but in power and in the Holy Ghost. And then he says, and in much assurance. So basically, 
no doubt, without a doubt, complete certainty. In other words, there was no doubt of the truth that they were hearing from Paul's lips. And in our day, everybody questions the truth. In our day, everyone questions, even Christians question God's word. But if we don't have the truth, then, then, then what do we have? If we can't go out and with 100% surety of this, God's word, and the change that he makes, then why even bother? Right? Uh, there's absolutely no way we would have ever gone to Peru if we didn't have, as this verse puts it, much assurance. A certainty of what God could do, can do, will do. See, they saw it, they believed it, they studied it out, they, they lived it. Why? Because they saw that in Paul and in the workers around him. And, you know, th- this is just a part of the transformation that God makes. Um, once you put your faith and trust in Christ, uh, everything changes. Even, even our thoughts change. Even, even what we once thought was maybe ridiculous or, or, or a fairy tale or wives' tales, we, all of a sudden we see God can be trusted. God's word can be trusted. God is who he says he is. And that just, it, it, it transforms us. We stop being selfish. We stop being prideful. We start loving others in spite of not being loved. It's just a transformation that, as um, you know, Paul encourages the, the Colossian church in Colossians 3 2, set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. And so all our affections, our heart, our wishes, our minds, our desires, our, our thoughts, our attitudes, all of that is changed through the power of the gospel. And that's what the people of Thessalonia, this, this church, experienced. And that's why they were an example uh, to everyone around them of just this transforming power of the gospel. Now, I, I want us to look at the, the follow, verses 6 on and, and talk about the transcendent power of the gospel. You know, when, when we talk about something that is transcendent, it, it extends, it reaches beyond. Um, and when we talk about the transcendent power of the gospel, we're talking about the truth that extends itself beyond your life, beyond mine, beyond our circumstances, beyond what we might even think possible. Um, you look at just your church here today and where the backgrounds of where everyone comes from, whether it's different socioeconomical backgrounds, different even subcultures within the culture, backgrounds, just where the Lord has brought each of you from today and, and, and looking at how none of that was a barrier to the power of the gospel, to, to God's power to, to save you and to transform you. Um, a lot of times we say, well, that's impossible. 
my mom, my dad, my cousin, my uncle, you know, they'll never be saved. Now, we might not ever voice that, but a lot of times we think that. But there are no barriers with God. We put them up. Our culture puts them up. Our society puts them up. We ourselves have our own uh, barriers that we put up, especially before we before God and before the gospel. But the gospel breaks through all those. God breaks through all of that and says, okay, here's the important point. Do you know Jesus as your Savior? Have you experienced that transforming power when you think of, of, of this church here, um, Paul says, uh, look with me at verse 6, it says, Ye became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word and much affliction. They were being persecuted for their faith with joy of the Holy Ghost. So they had joy in spite of that persecution. 7 says, So that ye were in samples, ye were examples to all that believe in Macedonia and Achaia. So, Rome divided Greece into in two parts, in two provinces. Macedonia to the north and Achaia to the south. So Paul's basically saying, you all have been examples to all of Greece, to the north, to the south, all over. You are examples of what God can do and of that transforming power. And this church's testimony extended throughout all of Greece. And, you know, that's what we want for, for each local church and for each believer. We want what God has done in us and through us to extend beyond ourselves. Not for us, but so that others can know Him. Not for our glory, but for His glory and for His fame. And so uh, this this testimony this church had um, is really amazing. Yes, this was a port city, so you had people coming in from all over. But it proves that they were, they were sharing their faith with the people of the city because those people were then going to the north, going to the south, going to other parts and sharing what God had done for them what, and, and what they had learned here. So it, it, it's an example for us um, it's an example for you all as a local church. It's an example for each of us who are believers here today. Uh, now look at verse number uh, 9. Uh, I want us to see not only the testimony they had, but, but look at their faith. It says, For they themselves show of us what manner of entering in we had unto you, and how ye turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God. And to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. And so here again, I believe we see the power of the gospel to transform lives, to, to go beyond what, what uh, the ever cultural barriers there, there might have been there, whatever uh, barriers society had placed, and just to break those down. And to get to that point, as we said, where, okay, you're Jew, 
you're a Gentile. You've grown up hearing the tradition. You've grown up hearing, hearing of, of, of this faith. You haven't. Okay? You've, you've grown up in a culture that, <clears throat> excuse me, worship is, worships other gods and, and bows down. You've grown up in a culture that serves one, one God. But here's the thing. Jesus united them. And this is the point we have to get to to remember that this, that what the gospel can do. And again, so often we forget about that change that took place. We forget about what God did in our own heart and life. You know, I don't know about you, but I know in Peru... um, some of, the, some of our young Christians would, would make some bonehead mistakes, you know, immature stuff. And I'd be like, what are you thinking? I, I, to myself, I'm thinking, what in the world were you thinking? Or, or why would you do that? But then you have to look back and like, oh yeah, don't you remember when, when you were learning, when you were growing, when you didn't know this? And so often we, we do not... Show that grace we, of, of people who are still being, like us, sanctified on a daily basis. People are still growing in their faith. Uh, these people were coming from, as Paul said in verse uh, 9, ye turn to God from idols. And in their culture, uh, their idol was everything. Their idol was, I mean, that was who they, um, they worshipped. Uh, their food was sacrificed to that idol, um, their day uh, in many cases was just revolved around whatever false god that they served, and now they were they were putting all that behind them, forsaking that and se- serving the one true God. And and in this culture, the Romans would actually call Christians atheists because they only believed in one. God, one true God, and not a plurality of gods. And so they were facing persecution, and you, I, I'm sure from their own families as well, because they turned from those false gods, they turned from those idols, and were now serving God. And my question for, for you today, if, if you're here today and you know Jesus as your Savior, do people see that same faith lived out in you? Do they see... And hear, can they watch you, how you live? Can they hear what you're saying and see the testimony and see the faith that you have? Or is it something that they have to guess at? Well, you know, they're, my neighbor's kind of a good person. They seem like a good guy, seem like a, a, a nice lady. But, you know, take the guesswork out of it and just go invite them to church. Take the guesswork out of it and... and and share the gospel with them. And then they don't even have to wonder, right? But, you know, that's the hard part. That, that, that's the hard part for us. But if we will remember the change that took place in us and, and, and what God did in our own heart, in our own life, where he brought us from, and that transforming, transcendent power, um, it'll go a long way into motivating us on a daily basis uh, to be like this, this church in Thessalonica that gave the gospel and that was an example to everyone around them of the change that can take place. Um, 
And this is the faith that we see in the believers here. And as they converted, and they just, it wasn't like, well, this slow kind of change. It was, they turned completely. And today, I just want to challenge you. If you have not, if you say you're a believer, you know Christ is your Savior, and yet you really haven't experienced the transforming power of God in your life, then you really need to check something because God changes us. His Spirit, His Word changes us. We turn completely from our idols to serve the one and true living God. This church was in the middle of trials and persecution, but their faith held steady. Verse 10 there, uh, another theme of this book, it says, And to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus which delivered us from the wrath to come. Their, their faith was strong. They believed what Jesus had done for them, and they believed that he was coming again. And I wonder how many of us woke up today saying, even so, come Lord Jesus. Did we wake up with our faith intact saying, Lord, this could be the day. Did we wake up thinking, Lord, keep me faithful. I want to be faithful today and every day. Because that's what we see with these believers. So today, again, think about the change that took place in your life. If you're here today and you know Jesus as your personal Savior. The change that only God can do through His Spirit, through His Word. The change that transcended whatever barrier you had put up in your own heart, in your own life, to say, no way, I'll never be a Christian. No way, I'll, I'll, you'll never find me in church. Or even if you've grown up in church. Think about still the change that God has made in your life. And think about all those around you who don't have that faith. Maybe they have heard it. Maybe you've actually t- told them till you're blue in the face. And you're like, I don't know how else I can put this. But remember, it's a work of God that only He can do. This church was an example for every church and for every believer. And so today I, I just want to challenge myself and, and all of you included to be reminded of that transforming power. And then think about today, okay, who can I tell about this gospel? Who can I give the good news to today when I leave? Who needs to hear it? Or who haven't I given it to? And pray about an opportunity this week that that God would give you to present the gospel to someone who, by God's grace, might have never 
heard. Let's pray, and then I'll turn the service over to the pastor. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you again for this day. Lord, we thank you for your word, and we thank you for the example that we see here uh, in this church at Thessalonica. Lord, I pray today, if, that, if there is someone here today that, that doesn't know yes, their Savior, that, uh, that your Spirit would work in their heart to convict them of their sin, to show them their need uh, for a Savior, and that you would um, allow them to uh, just seek out Pastor Holbrook or someone else and to know more about uh, the sacrifice that... Uh, your son made for them on the cross. And Lord, I pray for each person today who knows you as their personal Savior uh, here today that um, you would help us to not take that for granted. You'd help us to remember um, the, where we were and when, when you saved us and remember the work that you did in our own heart and in our own life uh, to change us and remember that Lord, that was not of us. It was all of you. And to never forget that. And to, to remember what you can do. And uh, to not give up on those that, we, uh, that we've been praying for, that we know need you. Lord, help us to stay encouraged, to continue being faithful in what we know uh, you'd have us to do. Uh, so that others can see uh, your gospel, and see that good news lived out through us on a daily basis. Again, Lord, we ask that your name be honored and glorified in all, and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.